Weekly Flap Radio, powered by Victory Custom Trailers, starts now. Uh, welcome to League Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. Uh, we'll tell you more about uh, the folks from Victory Custom Trailers as we get into the show. Um, we are doing what amounts to a commercial break-free hour tonight. This is going to be a fun show, and we have got plenty to fill it with. Uh, we've got three guests on the show tonight that you're going to hear from. Uh, the first of which is Mason Maggio, who is in his first year of running limited late models at Hickory Motor Speedway. Young man out of Florida who's making a quick mark in that division. Um, so we're going to talk to Mason here in a moment. We've got him on the hotline in the pits waiting to come out with us. Uh, we're also going to hear uh, from this weekend's winner at Orange County Fair Speedway in the late model division. Uh, Joe Valento going to be joining us uh, via a pre-recorded interview I did with him yesterday. And then... Uh, we're going to hear a little bit later in the show from Caleb Hetty, who is the most recent smart modified tour winner and a young man that I think is uh, you're going to hear a lot from him um, as this season goes on. He's out of Virginia, 18 years old. He'll be joining us. He picked up the win um, in the uh, most recent smart tour race driving for Tommy Baldwin racing in the infamous 7NY. So we'll uh, talk to him as well. And let's uh, let's get right underway here uh, with Mason Maggio joining us now on the hotline. First of all, Mason, welcome back to the show. We had you on a while back, but uh, haven't had you on since you started the season at Hickory Motor Speedway running for light motorsports in the limited late model division. Already picked up a win um, this year. Uh, talk about your season so far uh, and, and your transition from the Legends cars up to the bigger limited late model stock cars. Yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, it's great to be back on the show. Uh, it's always good talking to you guys. And, uh, yeah, our, our season has been uh, off to a way better start than I think we all expected. You know, I, uh, for me personally, I tried to keep my expectations um, where they're achievable and not, you know, over the top and, uh, you know, like I, like you said, it's my first season of running a full body, uh, race car. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, I, we've definitely overachieved, um, you know, our first race, we had some uh, mechanical issues, which is, you know, what you're going to have. It's just racing. Um, and then, you know, a couple of weeks later picked up the win and then, uh, another podium finish and, uh, and quite an exciting one at that, you know, going three wide across the line. So, yeah, our expectations are definitely higher after those uh, those couple of races. Uh, the quick success that we that we've uh, had so far this season, and uh, I'm really excited uh, to have it with the group that I've got. You know, Light Motorsports just uh, has given me all the resources I need and more uh, to try to go out there and compete for you know race wins and, and podiums. Um, you know, we've done a lot of uh, growing and developing uh, both on and off the track and. Uh, it's certainly uh, an awesome opportunity to work with uh, those guys and, and all the experience that they have in, in late model racing over the last handful of years. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. And then on top of that, you know, I get to represent some, some of our great partners that are on our race car this year with uh, HMY Hot Sales, um, Ingalls Marine Diesel, uh, Bahama Beach Club, and then our, our newest partner that came on board uh, just last race with uh, Richmar Flores. They're going to be... Uh, on our car this year so that's really exciting for us to to have all those great companies on there for for uh the beginning of this year and uh hopefully we can continue to uh keep the momentum that we have flowing and try to make some more trips to uh, victory lane this season well now <laughs> your your season's been um like this this series of what i feel like are little encapsulated moments so for example um you know, you, you were running third on the last lap and uh, Chase Janes dumps Bryson Ruff and both of them spin out and they they put those two to the back and you end up with a win. Um, so there's one little encapsulated moment. And then you have the three wide move at the end. Um, talk about that a little bit, because that was literally one where I'm sitting in the tower and looking at this and I'm going... Uh, wow, that was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, first and foremost, with the win, uh, that was so unexpected. Uh, originally, yeah. when I crossed the line and I saw, you know, the 24 was sideways coming out of turn four and ultimately stopped. Um, originally, I thought I finished second, and I was thought, well, I was way better than than uh, what we anticipated. And you know, those guys were going to be the, the class of the field. And um, I know Jay, uh, Chase isn't exactly uh, running Hickory as much as he uh, was going to originally, but. <laughs> Yeah, between uh, the the twenty four there um, of rough and uh, we've been racing uh, really good with each other this year. But uh, yeah, that was certainly unexpected. I thought for sure I finished second, and then uh, heading on to the front stretch to uh, park the car on the podium. I uh, see my crew pointing me to victory lane, and it didn't sink in um, at the moment. I just parked oh. there, and I didn't know if we were waiting for official word. Or uh, or whatnot with uh, with Chase or with me, and then um, ultimately I had a whole bunch of uh, high fives through the uh, through the window net, and a whole bunch of screaming and shouting, and then they kept telling me, you know, you won, you won, you won. And at that point, I just I just kind of lost it and just really you know celebrated like I've never celebrated before, and it was certainly uh, an emotional day, uh, you know, for everybody involved. Uh, it was cool because we went from, you know, back in September or October, uh, me and my dad discussing in the car one day after heading back from a wedding car race, uh, what the heck we were going to do this year. And we yeah. didn't know because, you know, we can't afford uh, to do a whole lot of late model racing. But, you know, like I said before, with the great partners that we've got on our car, they helped make it possible. And uh, Light Motorsports had a lot of faith in me uh, coming into this season. So it just made it that much more special. And then with the help of my uh, family and friends and their support, continuous support, it just made it that much more uh, memorable. And to have, uh, you know, my dad and my grandfather there in Victory Lane, it was uh, it was something special. And then, uh, you know, with the win, or excuse me, the uh, three-wide uh, <laughs> move for the win, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a tough race. You know, we had an, gotten an incident with, uh, you know, battling for the lead early, but we made our way up towards the front. Uh, you know, Light Motorsports gave me a really, really good car there, um, especially during the long run. So, um, and then obviously, you know, you can't pull a three-wide move at a place like Hickory. Otherwise, you know, you're going to take out, you know, whoever's yeah. on the outside of you. So, uh, yeah, I, if I was going to make the move, I figured I needed to make it off the off of three and four, uh, coming to the checker just in case they did wash up and, they did a little bit, but not enough to uh, kind of pull off the upset like we did the week before then. So, But, uh, no, that was super, super cool. I really learned a lot that race, and there was a lot that I was able to, to take away in that moment. So, uh, like I said, I hope that our momentum will be good and consistent throughout the rest of the season. Um, so we'll be title contenders uh, towards the end of the year. I want to go back to your win for a second because you, you told a, a, a part of the story that I, I didn't realize – so when you crossed the finish line under the checkered, you didn't think you didn't think you'd won. You thought you'd finish second. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, oh wow! Originally, that's what I had thought of. Um, so I you know, I, sorry, you didn't know that you won until after you got to the front stretch, and they motioned you up and told you that you won. You thought that you had finished second. Yes, sir. That's uh, incredible. The front stretch. I didn't even realize that it. Was- yeah, it was something else. I was in more <laughs> shock and disbelief. Surprise! And it, <laughs> well, yeah, it didn't settle in until Sunday night. <laughs> That's when I it finally settled in when I had the trophy back at home, and I'm thinking, man, we we did that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, now, be, well, because Chase actually pulled up to the to the front stretch trying to uh, you know argue or 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 you know bargain for the <laughs> to be given the win and and. Uh, um, the officials uh, d- declined, uh, so I could see where maybe there would have been some confusion. Uh, but you didn't. That's incredible that you didn't know until you actually pulled down. So um, you kind of didn't start celebrating till after you were stopped, and um, and they told you that you won. No wonder you were so emotional. That that hit you like a ton of bricks because you didn't even have like the cool down lap to um, to kind of let it start the process. Yeah, it was. It was something else. Uh, 
That's you know, awesome. Seeing the excitement out of all those guys. Oh, I bet. Having everybody in victory lane uh, along with my teammates and just, you know, bringing those guys back to victory lane. As I said, it is something else, and something a moment I'll never ever forget. So, um, what's it what's it been like? Because you've got two young teammates in Max Price and Josh Stark, uh, and you've got kind of a it's almost like a little uh, rat pack going on there uh, with you guys over there. Um, you know, the three Musketeers with Light Motorsports. Uh, you're all great kids. Um, what's what's the chemistry like between the three of you? Yeah, you know, we really messed uh, very, very well together. Um, when we were first talking to Matt, Kevin, and Eugene and all those guys about, you know, possibly doing something, uh, they invited me to go do the uh, Landon Huffman Winfield Deep uh, iRacing League. So that's originally how we met, and, you know, we started talking okay. a little bit after and before the races. And, I mean, we between me, Max, and Josh, we just all – uh, messed really, really good together, and we had a lot in common, and we share a lot of you know funny stories and other things like that. And you know, at the track, it it was even better meeting him in person. I thought we were you know friends for years, but uh, it was certainly uh, yeah, we we all meshed well together, and you know, we try to uh, help and benefit each other in any ways that we can, and you know, just enjoy each other's company at the racetrack as well, um, and just you know. It, Soak in the moments when, you know, we're not focusing so much on our race cars and getting it dialed in to where we need them. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, we've all really messed well. And uh, I think between the three of us, we're all going to have a, uh, a really good season. Uh, you know, we got some tough competition. And all three of our cars have been really fast the last uh, handful of races uh, so far this season. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, at some point during the season all three of us uh, – uh, hopefully the bigger picture is all three of us finishing on the podium one of these. Well, that that's nearly happened a couple of times. Uh, and yes, that's, I think that's very realistic though. Bryson Ruff will be doing his best to, uh, break up your, your, uh, three-way, uh, celebration there, but, um, and there are a few other guys too. All right. So we got about a minute. I want you to, to tell us who makes it all happen for you. Yeah. Uh, my family and my friends, uh, they do a lot for me. Uh, my family's really uh, sacrificed a lot to get me to where I am right now, and uh, certainly can't thank them enough. Uh, everybody at Light Motorsports for uh, giving me a, a great, great car every weekend, uh, as well as uh, my all of our partners with uh, HMY Yacht Sales, uh, Ingalls Marine Diesel, um, Bahama Beach Club, and then uh, Richmore Florist, um, and everybody that supports the uh, the Twelve Machine and. And what we're doing this year is uh, it's going to be a really good year, and I'm excited to uh, try to represent everybody that supports us, and, and uh, it'll be something else. So I uh, can't thank everybody enough, and we're going to go uh, continue to t- uh, chase checkers uh, throughout the year. And you're going to be running the year in the limited uh, late model division at the Hickory Motor Speedway. Um, real quickly, where can fans follow you, website, social media, whatever? Yeah, for uh, my social media platforms, uh, for Facebook and Instagram, um, at Mason Maggio Racing. Uh, Twitter is uh, Mason Maggio One, um, and then I'm trying to uh, get more involved with uh, with vlogging on YouTube. So uh, search up Mason Maggio, and uh, you'll see some of uh, the vlogs that I've made a little bit last year. I got to get back on top of it this year, but uh, yeah, that's where you can reach me. Um, feel free to. Uh, check out all of our amazing content as well as our partners and our team. And, uh, yeah, uh, feel free to follow along on the journey. Uh, Mason, just uh, 16 years old, but uh, making a quick mark on the women in the weight model division at the Hickory Motor Speedway. Um, we'll continue to race there throughout 2021. I know that uh, uh, you've got some plans to hopefully um, move up in 2022, but uh, we'll see how things go this season for you. Um, appreciate you being on the show and uh, look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you as we go through the season. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it.
That is Mason Maggio. Uh, and again, uh, a driver who I think you're going to be hearing a lot more from. This is a young man who's very intelligent uh, and he's very, uh, very fan friendly, too. If you get a chance and you're at Hickory and you can get into the infield or they get back to the meet and greets uh, later in the year or whatever, if we can, uh, make sure you go see Mason, the uh, 12 car for light motorsports. OK, um, we are going to make a quick transition now from one 16-year-old to another, basically, uh, Mason Maggio from Florida. Uh, we now go, uh, and we're, we're going to hear from Joe Valento. Joe is a Minnesota driver who raced, uh, has raced a variety of different types of cars, spent the last couple of years in the Midwest Truck Series, um, and is now racing as a rookie in the Cars Tour and some other late model stock races for David Gilliland Racing. I talked to him yesterday. Let's hear the interview. Joe Valento joining us now on Lead Lap, presented by VictoryCustomTrailers.com. And Joe, of course, is the newest first-time winner at Orange County Speedway in Rougemont, North Carolina, driving for David Gilliland Racing. Joe, first of all, um, I want to talk about the last part of the race, because obviously you took the lead with... I think four laps to go. Walk us through the last half a dozen laps or so. What are you thinking? What's going on in your mind? And and talk us through the conclusion of the race. Yeah, so uh, we had a pretty decent car all night long, uh, running third and second for, you know, up, up to the like, lap 71, 72. Um, and we we're pretty much right behind the leader. He would kind of pull away a little bit, then I would gain, and then he would pull away, and then I would gain. He was a little bit free off, and that's where I would make bo- most of my uh, like gains on him is when you'd spin his wheels off. He was really fighting it hard at the end. We were a little bit tight center, so he could just roll through the corner a little bit quicker than than us. Um, but, yeah, definitely, I mean, a nerve-wracking race up until the end. We were on his bumper with, like, four to go. And I had pulled down a couple times before, but, you know, just that tracks, it's difficult to pass and get a good run just because of the way the track is where you're running high through three and four and then down low through one and two. It's sometimes hard to be able to pull up and pass a car. So I kind of stuck my nose in a couple of times, wasn't able to get it done. And then obviously with four to go, I'm going to do pretty much everything I could to, to get around him. And I was on his bumper and I'm not sure if maybe he took a peek up into the mirror or, or what happened, but um, there's a gate almost going into turn three. He, he clipped and turned, and actually he just tagged us a little bit. We barely missed him, but uh, he tagged the gate going into turn three and uh, unfortunately ended his night. I think it would have been a really great race between us at the end. Um, I went and talked to him afterward, and uh, he was, you know, I mean – obviously disappointed with his race but you know he was all smiles you know he was racing he's like you raced me clean and i enjoyed the race you know he said you're putting a lot of pressure on me and i knew that you were a little bit quicker i think you would have got to my inside and i agreed i probably would have got there had i been able to get him or not i don't know just because i wasn't able to roll the centers good but it definitely would have been a good a good hot hard fought battle at the end who was the driver that you were racing with there at the end I'm not exactly sure of his name. He drives the 58 car. Oh, okay. We'll have to look that up. Um, I'm sure it was somebody who's been there far more than you because I think this was your first time ever in Orange County. Um, and, and it's a track that I personally think is one of the raciest tracks in the state of North Carolina and really in the South in general. Um, what was your impression of the track? And talk about uh, how you were able to kind of dial in so quickly first time there and uh, be in a position to run for the win at the end. Yeah, so it, it sounds like it's kind of a people's track. Everyone talks about it and says, that, you know, it's a fast track and everyone enjoys going there. Everyone from our team was excited to go there and get me behind the wheel and see what we could do. So we showed up Friday and did a little practicing, felt comfortable with the car where I was at speed wise. And uh, we actually had David there with us too, being able to coach me through a little bit alongside of Greg. Uh, so that was really good. They were able to get me up to speed fairly quick and learn my way around the track fairly good. So then for Saturday, uh, for practice, we were able to unload really quick 
qualified third and started the race third, which, by the way, is the nicest thing, being able to start straight up and not having a silly <laughs> invert like the past couple years. Yeah, uh, So, yeah, it was great between David and, and Greg, uh, both obviously driven the track, being able to give me a lot of tips about it. Now we should uh, we we should clarify that so the last couple of years you've been running the Midwest Truck Series uh, for Kelly Byers who I know has taught you a ton but uh, they have a rule there that uh, it's kind of like Common Core math how they invert and determine the start for their features um, and for whatever reason you just always seem to be uh, on the back end of that and any time that you weren't you actually got to start where you qualified it seems like you either won or finished well in the top five and so uh, i know that's what you were referring to coming over here uh and having a situation where you actually started where you qualified um and starting third is is obviously uh a controlling factor right you can you can control your own destiny a lot better from p3 than from p12 or p15 especially in a a short race like there was uh on saturday so that gave you the chance to just kind of let the car do what it needs to and and take the laps that you needed to set yourself up for that late race run yeah for sure i mean 75 laps the biggest thing is you're not using your tires as much if you have to come from 12 all the way up to the front you just hard on tires hard on brakes hard on everything everything's hot you've just worn all your stuff out so being able to start further up and being up there at the beginning you know you just don't have to drive as hard and push everything as hard to get to that point and uh, i think we passed for second around lap 20 ish you know the big thing for us was to get seat time this weekend that you know that's the biggest thing for me right now that was only my third race I just need seat time behind the wheel and really just racing in general, you know, racing around people, uh, learning how to qualify better. And we made really big gains on it this weekend, uh, which I'm really excited for to be able to put forth in the next cars to a race. But just we just keep filling in weekends, you know, just getting seat time, um, just learning as much as I can. And again, we should point out that you didn't just sort of randomly wake up the other day and decide, hey, I think I'll go run Orange County. There was a method to the madness there because, in fact, your next Cars Tour race is at Orange County on the 24th of this month, I believe. And um, that's going to be a really interesting uh difference for you to see the difference between the weekly competition and the cars tour competition you obviously know the cars tour guys from running a couple of races um this one's going to be and you put thirty thousand to win on the line and this one's going to be a real challenge uh but i know that that the win that you had last night uh saturday night is definitely a confidence boost for you how does how does what you were able to do on Saturday affect you going into the cars tour race in terms of knowledge and strategy? Oh, well, big time. It's the first track that I've been to this year that we're going to with a cars tour race that I'll have some seat time behind a race and a good amount of practice. So definitely being able to know, you know, exactly where the line is, how your car is going to react, even though it was only 75 laps, how my car is going to react over time. Uh, and that track, the line changes a lot as the run goes on. A lot of times you'll move up higher. So being able to experience those different things was, was definitely key. And I talked about it in my interview after the race. The big thing for that that big race, this Cars Tour race coming up, is going to be staying patient, staying out of wrecks. Like you said, it's thirty grand to win 200 laps. There's going to be wrecks. I mean, we all know it. People are going to be just, I mean, it's going to be cutthroat. No one's going to be given an inch yeah. for sure. Yeah, that that's for sure. Uh, now, for our audience who isn't real familiar with you, um, you're from the Midwest, from Minnesota, and you've kind of come up through a number of different divisions. Most recently, as we mentioned, the Midwest Trucks, um, and now you've got this opportunity with DGR, um, and you've just been slowly progressing each time out in the car, getting more familiar with the NASCAR stock car and with the crew. Um, what's the adjustment been like for you from the Midwest to the East Coast type of racing and into the NASCAR late model car? Yeah, so, I mean, I get that question from a lot of people. And so far, I can't say, I mean, it's definitely a little bit different 
I guess up north racing has always looked at a little bit. I guess they frown on, um, you know, rough racing or rubbing a little <laughs> bit more uh, up north here. And as down south, we all know it's a little bit rougher racing. People are, will move each other out of the way, and then the next person will just do it back to you. And that's just how it is down here. I haven't really – it hasn't been too bad. You know, there's there's times where people will move you out of the way down here where maybe they wouldn't up north. But I think as the season goes on, points, you know, start to become uh, – as, as the battle for the championship goes on uh, throughout the rest of this year, I think you'll see that rougher racing. But I haven't really seen a, a too, too rougher racing. I haven't seen that side yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, I I think maybe when you put thirty thousand to win on the line and uh, two hundred laps at Orange County, you may see some of that on the twenty fourth. Just a thought. Just maybe. Just maybe. Um, and talk a little bit about uh, your team at DGR because uh, they're a great bunch, and uh, I know that they've they've taught you a lot in a very short time. Just uh, talk a little bit about those guys that you're working with. Yeah, I mean it's it's exactly as everyone has said that has said that has been through the DGR shop. I mean, you can ask Anthony Alfredo. He'll say the same thing. It's it's the environment there that, that is so good and, and welcoming and friendly and just being able to teach you whatever you want. You know, you ask, I mean, a question that you may think is stupid or dumb or whatever, and they'll answer it without even thinking a second thought. Obviously, lots and lots of knowledge in that shop. Greg Marlowe, crew chiefing for me this year. I mean, he's got just ends of knowledge as far as late model stock racing goes uh david himself coming out to the test once in a while being able to help me through stuff or hopping in a car if he needs to uh there's just lots of knowledge there and it's a great spot for a driver like me that's learning in the car tour this year just being able to have all that knowledge around me you know and other racers in the shop and just it's it's a great environment for a kid like me to be in what were you thinking when you crossed the finish line? I'm I'm curious what your 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 first thought was, and were you surprised that you were able to get a win over here so quickly? Uh, that really, when you think about it, that was only the second race that I've completed. You know, the Dillon race, we had a hub break, we weren't able to finish. We had the Hickory race, we finished, and that was only my second race that I finished. So definitely, definitely a little bit surprising being being able to do it so early. Uh, a big confidence booster, though, for sure. And it's just, just like I said, just being able to learn at that track and just learning the different things and the, how it changes the characteristics of the track. Uh, I'm really excited to go back for for the big thirty grand to win race. Yeah, it's a it's a really racy track, like I said before, and I know that uh, you're going to really uh, enjoy the cars tour atmosphere for that because I can tell you from having been there uh, last year to watch the race that. Uh, it's it's a little bit above the typical cars tour uh level of uh excitement and energy for sure when you put that much money on the line at a track like orange county and uh it's going to be a heck of a race okay so um are you planning to run the rest of the cars tour is this a full season for you and what else are you planning for 2021 uh, if anything that you can talk about, are there any other shows on your calendar? Yeah, so we are going to run the full cars tour this year. As far as other shows, we'll throw in weekly shows. I know we're going to go to Ace next weekend, and then obviously the cars tour race following that. And then we'll just throw in a whole bunch of other, you know, weekly or local races just to get seat time. You know, that's the biggest thing for me is just being behind the wheel, getting laps, learning the car as much as I can. Yeah. Who helps you make it all happen, my friend? Uh, I'd like to thank David Gilliland Racing and all the guys that uh, put in just countless hours on the car and all the effort this weekend going into it and being able to come out with a good finish was, was really great. Uh, also, I'd like to thank Ford Performance, Nitro Lubricants, Napa Auto Parts, the Friends of Jacqueline Foundation. All right, that was Joe Valento in a really uh candid interview with joe he's a driver that i think again we're going to be hearing a lot more about as the year goes on um joe is a very patient racer and has had some great training coming up through the ranks with uh folks like kelly byers who he's raced with in the uh midwest truck series the last couple of years uh, under kelly's direction and kelly has really given him a, a strong foundation to carry over here into 
his uh, rookie season with uh, David Gilliland Racing. And as he pointed out, and I hadn't even really realized it, but it was the first race that he's been able to finish. They've had some mechanical issues and such. And so um, good to see him be able to get the win at Orange County. And, of course, the Cars Tour going back there on the 24th, which is uh, one week from this coming Saturday. Um, And the Carolina Pro Late Model Series will be in action on that night as well. Um, It's the old... uh, what do they call it the old North State 300, I think, for the Cars uh, Tour. Something, something the old like North that. State Nationals. Yeah, old North State Nationals. Thirty thousand smackaroos to win. Um, that's a lot of money for the Cars Tour. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be a great show, and I'm looking forward to being there and uh, calling the um, Carolina Pro Late Model Series event uh, as well. So with that, uh, we now head. To our third guest of the evening, back to the phone line we go, and we've got a young man who is uh, making his mark quickly in the smart modifieds down here. Off to a strong start this season, had a fifth place finish uh, to start the year, and I think uh, uh, ended up, uh, of course, getting the the win in the most recent event. Uh, Caleb Hetty joining us now, and... Kellen, first of all, uh, first time on the show for you. Welcome to the show. Great to have you. For those who aren't familiar with you, give us about uh, a minute or so of, you know, where are you from? How old are you? And tell us uh, real quick about your background in the sport. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm 18 years old. I'm from uh, Shelbyville, Kentucky. It's right outside Louisville. Um, I, uh, I've been racing legend cars for the past five or six years. Uh, we've had a lot of success there. Um, we just recently hopped in, hopped into, uh, Tommy Baldwin's modified, uh, like you said, did pretty good our first couple of races. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm slowly, slowly trying to work my way up. Um, it's just the slow build and, uh, I'm excited for the journey. I don't know how slow the build has been. I think going from a legend to the seven MY modified is actually a, uh, that's a pretty quick ascension. That feels a little to me like going from about seventh grade to, uh, at least, uh, a, an Ivy league college, if not the, the pros. <laughs> Every, everybody was talking to me about that. And I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't really try to look at it that way. I was just another race, another car to drive. Uh, I didn't want to focus too much on the specifics, just wanted to get out there and do good. So everything kind of finally hit me what I was doing after our first race at Caraway, kind of what legacy I had to carry forward in that car. Yeah, you're from Kentucky. Is there really bluegrass in Kentucky? Uh, I am sad to say there isn't. Uh, oh. I'm looking outside, and it's all green to me. So <laughs> It's a myth. It's just a myth. <laughs> It's kind of like when I found out Santa Claus it wasn't real. I'm, I'm just crushed now. Okay, uh, we must go on. So um, what got you into racing in the first place, Caleb? Yeah, so when I was like when I was like 9 or 10 years old, uh, one of my buddies brought me to an indoor go-kart track for his birthday party. Um, I, I quickly decided I liked it, and I was, I was okay at it at the time, but I put a lot of time in there. Um, then I moved to dirt flat carts. Um, and then through legends to modifieds now. And uh, of course, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the switch from legends to modifieds had to be an interesting one. Um, and you're, you're driving for Tommy Baldwin. How does, how does a young man from Kentucky end up driving for, uh, to me, one of the most iconic uh, car owners in the modifieds right now. And certainly uh, uh, a family with a lot of history in the division. I grew up watching Tommy's father race, um, and uh, you, now you're driving for his son. And you told me the other day, I didn't realize this, that he's he's got a son who's actually racing Legends cars now himself. So how does how did you get hooked up with Tommy? Yeah, so I'm a I'm really close friends with Tommy's son Jack. Uh, like he said, Jack's uh, going through the Legend cars right now, uh, but. I was good friends with Jack for a little while, and I uh, I found my way to their shop one day, and I just jokingly asked him if he would let me drive it. And then uh, I think it was probably about two months later, we were in the car at Caraway. So wow! It was uh, it it happened all of a sudden. It was it was kind of bizarre to me because I asked him as a joke, like I didn't expect anything to come out of it. And then you know <laughs> here, here we are. So 
Well, apparently he didn't take it as a joke because you're in the car <laughs> and you've already won a race. I mean, how, how do you make such a quick adjustment? What, what do you think it was about the modified that you just sort of gravitated to it? Because you didn't waste any time uh, showing that you could run the thing up front. Yeah, um, it, it, was, it just took a while. We practiced for two days before uh, my first race. I had a pretty good amount of seat time in it. Um, it's, they just made me feel comfortable there at the team. Uh, they acted like I belong there. Uh, gave me a lot of confidence. A lot of uh, I was really comfortable there, uh, so I was able to just get in the seat, uh, figure it out pretty quick. The biggest thing for me was saving tires because I've never done that before. Caraway, if you watch, we kind of kind of fell back through the field just yeah. a little bit, but we figured it out. We figured it out at Florida. Well, yeah, to say the least. Uh, and well, <laughs> even at Caraway, you still ended up, I think, with a fifth place finish, right? Yeah, yeah, fifth yeah. place. We, uh, I think, I think my low that race was like 18th or 19th through the middle of it, and then we put, we got some fresh tires on it, and <laughs> charged right back through the field. Yeah, you got a fifth and a first. Mm-hmm. So that's an average finish of about third. Not bad, yeah. <laughs> not bad for an eighteen-year-old yeah. rookie driver from uh, Kentucky <laughs> to come over and uh, and make that kind of a mark. Now. Um, you've got some interesting tracks coming up on the smart tour, but you told me earlier that, uh, the smart tour may not be a, be all the modified racing that you're going to do this year. Talk a little bit about your schedule. And then I want to kind of, um, talk about a different aspect of, of your career, but talk about your schedule and what, what's it, what do you expect to be doing this year? Yeah. So we're, uh, we're definitely going to finish out the rest of the smart tour. Uh, we were sad that we couldn't make it to South Boston. It was just prior yeah. commitments that we had. Uh, but we're going to finish out all the Smart Tour, um, and then we're going to try to go up north a little bit and go run some SK mods like Stafford and Thompson, Oof. try to cut my teeth up there at those tracks, uh, figure them out. So later in the years, I already know what I'm doing there. Boy, the SKs are a war. I just want to tell you, you go in, and I'm not sure – you know how aware you are of of the history up north in in that part of the country, but in New England, modifieds are sacred, and and that tracks like Stafford and Thompson, and you know those tracks up there uh, have long, long histories with the very best in in modified racing and, and racers in the past uh, racing on them, um, and the SK division was actually started out of i think like not unlike um you know some of the other second divisions was was started out of the idea of having a little less expensive way to go modified racing and it's become almost a division unto itself there are many drivers who haven't um who've never transitioned up into the tour cars or the bigger you know big uh motor modifieds the sk's the, the the level of competition at the tracks up there, Caleb, is just off the charts in the mm-hmm. SK mods. So I've got a feeling you would have a whole lot of fun, but I would suggest that you, you do your homework and do some track study with uh, the tracks you're going to be racing at before you go up there because, um, boy, those guys are just so good. Yeah, I uh, I really I really enjoy that type of, like, fast-paced, always never really settled in type of racing. Yeah. It looks like they're able to have up there. Uh, that's what we do a bunch of the legend car. We don't really take breaks, so to say, uh, during the race. So it's it's flat out going for position. Oh, yeah. To win. I, yeah. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's brutal. And, and not to say, you know, that, that they don't take each other out. They don't, but it's just good, hard, nose-to-nose racing. And they're, they're just a ton of uh drivers capable of winning at almost any of those tracks that run that division so yeah that would be awesome for you now you did tell me that you were at least in your mind anyways you would like to see yourself perhaps in 2022 running the the wheel and modified tour um what do you think of the chances uh that you might be able to put that together uh and uh and do the full tour next year yeah so uh we're, we're, we're just going to have to look for funding for that. Uh, I'm, I really want to do it. It looks like the perfect amount of racing and still having fun for me because having fun is always, always on my mind. I don't want to go to the racetrack and not enjoy it. Uh, but I think it's the perfect amount of like seriousness uh, to still having fun and still enjoying being at the racetrack. 
Uh, plus, it's a good amount of races at some really cool tracks. So I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to having the chance to do that. Uh, I really hope it, the door opens for me. Uh, so hopefully you'll see me there next year. What is your ultimate goal? With racing, I mean, are, are do you do you want to go NASCAR? Are you looking to move up to the to one of the national series? I mean, what's your ultimate uh, goal for your racing? Yeah, so I would I would I would love to move up uh, all the way through the cup like every other kid would. Uh, that's been my dream since I was a since I was a little dude. So that would that's always cool if I ever get opportunities for that. And I'm always going to be trying to push myself in that direction. Um, but I think for right now, I really want to just get good at this modified thing. <laughs> um, I want to get, I want to, I've still, I still got a couple points where I need to work on. Uh, so I want to get really good at this, kind of get my name out right there and then attack everything else. Um, it, it should be very fun. Well, I mean, you know, you, you say since you were a little dude, you're now a big dude, but you're still a young dude. So there's no real hurry here. You can, you can enjoy modifieds for as long as you need to, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> believe me that's what we'll do those things are way too much fun i don't think i don't think legend cars are fun and modifieds are fun and i keep on getting myself in situations where i don't want to leave them like i don't i don't want to put modifieds to the past because they're just too much fun to drive. well ryan priest is still doing it and he's in cups so uh there's there's yeah. always the off weeks to go play and some of the midweek shows that are around that you can go and play at even if you're fortunate enough to make it all the way to the top series but uh certainly no uh you know no hurry on that tell tell me what what was it like for you the very first time that you sat in the modified and went out and hit the track and hit the pedal what what was that like compared to what you thought it would be going into it man it, it was it was breathtaking it's a lot more power than what i'm used to uh, a lot bigger tires, so everything everything just turned up to the max on those things. Um, the the first time I went out, I was just you know don't don't mess up. Uh, <laughs> it was it's breathtaking. It's great. Well, but but and you went from a legends car which has virtually no grip to to these big old tires of the modified, where you know you you. I'm not going to say you can't spin it out, but you you do have to work a little harder than you would in the legends to spin it out. You you and you've got so much more power that had to be just stunning for about you know eight or ten laps at least until you kind of started to get used to it a little bit. Yeah, it was just like I uh, my first time out there, I probably did like fifteen twenty laps, and like like you said, like the first ten weren't really all over the place, but they weren't where I needed to be. Yeah, until I. Could, felt that like okay i i understand what this thing's trying to do so i finally picked up speed and got to where i needed to be um but it was just yeah it's i can't explain it they're they're way too quick for their own good it's, <laughs> well it's funny because cody connor who runs uh weight models down here um cody's a, a really good young driver as well and and cody had the chance to get into hillbilly racing's modified for a number of starts uh in the past and and Cody says pretty much the same thing. You know, he he obviously feels like, um, you know, the late models have more racing options for him. But um, he's like, man, I just love driving a modified. There's just nothing like it. And imagine getting into a wing super modified. If you if you've seen those before um, that to me or maybe a, a wing sprint car outlaw type sprint car would be the only two things that could top um, the feeling of driving a modified. Yeah, they're just they're it's it's so hard to explain how it how you how it feels. It's like breathtaking is the only thing. It's the most fun I've had behind the wheel. Okay, so let's talk about you a little bit. So um you told me earlier that uh you were you were an only child, so you have no brothers and sisters. Tell us tell us a little bit about uh, the family and in in the background and and all of that because you did have a, a you know a, a what was it your great grandfather I think that uh, did some racing back in the day. Yeah, so on my on my grandmother's side, which is really funny, you have to understand who my grandma is. She's five one, five two, real tiny thing, and that's where my racing comes from. Is her? Oh, <laughs> so her her side of the family used to do some dirt oval racing, used to do some drag racing, uh, but the all the racing was kind of funneled out. Like we didn't do it anymore. It was still we still like to watch it and stuff, uh, but nobody nobody around actually race uh so i kind of 
restarted it for the family, and uh, I'm glad I did. Did your grandma actually race? <laughs> no, I wish. That was, oh. <laughs> I see, I'm going to start telling people that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> all I can great. think of is Grandma Dynamite. You probably wouldn't even know who that was from the old Flintstone show cartoons years ago. Uh, but that's just, you know, the, the, somebody that size getting into a, a car and having a good time. Um, but it's funny because when you go back, I've been reading a lot of um, – NASCAR drivers biographies and um you 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 talk about you know how funny that would be if your grandma raced but you know there are there are a few situations where you know either like a historical like a Kelly Arboro type driver not not Kale but you know car owners or whatever um their wives back in the day it's not that they raced on the racetrack but you know you read these stories about you know, the, the car owner, I think it was actually Buck, Buddy Baker's mother, I'm pretty sure, um, used to um, follow uh, Buddy's father. Of course, you know, Buck would have the race car or whatever, and they're driving to the event, and she would pass him on the highway, like just <laughs> take off and pass him. And he used to get furious. And Buddy tells about one time when um he did she did that a couple times to him on the way to one track and he never talked to her the whole weekend at the track it's like so this is not unheard of janet guthrie was just the first to hit the racetrack that we know of um you know but there uh there are a lot of uh lead-footed uh racing mothers and grandmothers uh that, that just uh tend to do it on the highway sometimes uh in the past but uh so a lot of legend there but um so you you actually, as you say, you restarted this for your family. Um, I know you've, you're kind of thinking that you want to give racing a chance, but do you have like a a thought about what you might do if, if the driving side doesn't work out? I mean, you're graduating high school this year. So um, what are your plans? Do you have a backup plan or are you even worrying about that at this point? Yeah, so... Um, I can, you know, definitely see myself going through college, uh, going to get like a business degree or something. Uh, okay. But for like that time being, I've got a big enough name for myself in the legends community. Uh, I would like to fill up time like during the summers and stuff, spotting and helping kids out, trying to drive oh. a little bit uh, because I, I feel like I have a good amount of experience that I could I could help everybody and kind of sh- show my ways. You're you're not uh, you're definitely not shy. I mean, have you had any type of uh, you know speaking training or anything? Because you are, are unusually outgoing and and really sort of upbeat and and positive for somebody who's eighteen. No, I, I none at all. It's, That's amazing. Uh, all, all, I don't want to say it's all me, but it's all me. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow, just the personality. Um, so, what do you like to do when you're not racing? Ooh. I uh I have a I have a car that I work on, a uh, car that I've restored. Uh, I, I love coming home and seeing all the guys. Uh, we go fishing, we play golf, we just mess around, and you know we're all eighteen, so we just to see what we can get ourselves into. Uh, <laughs> so I I, I I love being home. I, it's weird for a race car driver, but I I really dislike being on the road all the time. Ah. But you know I'm at a race I'm at I'm at a racetrack, so it's okay in the in the long run. But I, I get when I'm gone for weeks at a time, I, I get to really miss home. So I, uh, I really enjoy just spending time at home, relaxing, hanging out with the guys. Well, and you know what? That that's an interesting thing again for someone your age to say because so many of you just want to get out and see the world, right? Um, and I think a lot of people watch races on TV like NASCAR or whatever, and. In their mind, it's like, what a glamorous life. You're on the road all the time. You're going to all these places. You're racing for a living or you're working on cars or whatever you're, you're doing, you know, for a position. But you, you're, you're, and, and they see this as sort of the glamour and they don't realize, uh, you don't realize what the road does to you until you do it. And I remember I've got a, a good friend who's a spotter in NASCAR and, and he told me one time that, um, you get to about June or July and you start literally looking at, at the person next to you and going, what track are we at? You know, like, <laughs> because it, you see the same exact people, the same exact cars, the same exact, I mean, there may be different colors, but it's the same circus for 36 straight weeks. If it's, you know, if it's mm-hmm. the cup series. So you, it, it, it becomes, 
what I heard referred to one time as a vortex. You kind of live in the vortex um, for, you know, almost uh, the entire year. And, you know, gosh, the world of outlaws, even worse, they run like, you know, a 90 shows a year or whatever, the sprint cars. And it's just crazy. So I, it's interesting to hear someone your age talk about how after a certain time on the road, you like to be able to get home and, um, and reconnect with your family and friends. Tell us about the car you've got. Yeah, so I uh, I have a 1992 Mazda Miata. Uh, it's ah. in perfect, pristine condition. It's like my child. I love that thing. <laughs> I uh, it, it, hey, and it's for sale. So, oh. if anybody wants it, you can come get it. Well, you gotta give some specifics here. I mean, it, it, it doesn't tell us much. You just said Miata, so <laughs> tell us about the specifics. If you're gonna advertise it's for sale, you gotta give us the specifics here. Yeah, so it's a. Uh, it's a 1992. Uh, it's the year before they start. They came out with the M Sport. That's uh, like the fancy version. So it has all the bells and whistles that like later years came with ah. under a different name. But it's just it just doesn't have the name. Um, it's black and tan. There's only like four thousand of my color combos ever made. Oh, there years. you go. So uh, it is a. Yeah, so, we got to get the lingo right here. See if you're going to sell a car. I got to teach you a lesson here. It's called a limited edition. <laughs> Limited edition. It's vintage. It's everything. There you go. Anything, yeah. anything you want it to be. Okay? I don't know if I don't know if you'd ever consider a Miata to be vintage. I don't know if that would. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Hey, that. I got I, I have a historical plate sitting on that thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure what that would exactly be worth at uh, like you know Mika Auto Auctions or um, you know. But uh, but what? So what? How much? How much is what? Will you, what would you sell it for? Ooh, that's a good question. It's uh, it, it'll it'll take a pretty number. Uh, I'm thinking about setting it to auction. Uh, put a reserve on it, like eight thousand dollars, because at that point I'd be able to get my money back. Right. Uh, but if somebody came up to me and asked me how much it was, I'd tell them eleven, twelve grand, because you know you gotta you gotta you gotta start high. Well, see, but now you—I mean, you—you've just told you said eight, and now you said eleven to twelve. So you—you—you can't—you know, this is this is national radio, man. You just uh, so the 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 bottom line is minimum eight thousand. Yeah, that's that's my lowest. That's, that's like, your opening I'm giving, bid. I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm giving it away. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, minimum eight thousand, and you'll consider it from there. Um, yeah. Will you accept a trade? And if so, what would you want in trade? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Uh, all my all my friends will confirm this. I've been looking. I want a like a '90s Lexus LS400, like the big grandpa cars. So I want to switch from the smallest car on the road to one of the biggest. Uh, Why? So I want to <laughs> I want to I want to get an old Lexus. I I don't want to get rid of my car because I like it, but I, I need something that I can just like sit down and just take to Charlotte if I need to, take it to Atlanta if I need to. Um, and, you know, the Miata doesn't really have the capacity for that. Like, okay. I could barely fit a, a suitcase if I tried. Actually, probably not. Um, so I, I, went to, <laughs> I went something a little bigger. Yeah, okay. a little bit. I got you. Um, so you're, you're a fisherman. Uh, do you hunt? Uh, we used to. Uh, we used to live on a bunch of land when I was a kid. Uh, recently, we've moved. Uh, but we live right on a little pond, so me and the guys fish semi often. Oh. Have so a good time. You're kind of an outdoorsy kid, then. Yeah, yeah. I try. I try to stay out as much as I can. Do you do anything in terms of you know workout or any type of sports uh, other than racing? So I used to I used to play basketball uh, right when I was starting to get serious into racing. I I quickly gave that up. Okay. Uh, I, I I figured that I was better at racing than basketball, and that's the flat truth <laughs> so uh, i was okay okay uh, but i uh i used to play a bunch of instruments uh during like elementary school middle school oh uh, do tell yeah I, I played i played the saxophone i played the drums oh uh, see now I hang on you can stop right Uh-oh. there because our producer, Chris Murdoch, was a sax player, and I've played drums since I was three, which is like almost 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> so even with your first two instruments, you just uh, you just hit both of us. What, what else did you play? Uh, I learned to play the guitar a little bit. When I did, I was my hands weren't 
were too small, so I couldn't really figure it out. It was more frustrating than fun. Uh, so I, I stuck with those two. <laughs> it's funny because you say that because I, I, I know some, some good friends of mine who play, and they've got the longest fingers I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like, well, that's why you can play guitar. I could never okay. play guitar because, like you, I've got small hands. My friend tries to convince me it's very easy, and I just don't think so. Guitar is not easy. <laughs> Bass is easier um, because there's a lot less to worry about. It's it's it. You know, you've got to, you, you're basically working with chords unless you're going to be Getty Lee. And then, it you know, it's a whole different level. But, um, yeah, it's just that's interesting. So you what you gave all that up. You do realize that you can race and play an instrument at the same time, right? Um, uh, yeah, but like when I gave it up, I was like, man, I guess I was like 12 or 13. Oh, so I was okay. like racing. Racing is what I want to do. So that's, that's what I. Well, you can you can always restart something, and and it, and it's 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 fun over the years because again, like Dale Earnhardt played drums for a good while, and he downplays it, but I I saw footage of him playing drums. He was pretty good in his day, um, and and of course Bubba Wallace is a drummer, and Kyle Petty, of course, you know his. I mean, he's he could have been a Nashville singer if he really dedicated himself to it. And he's a, he's a good singer and a very good guitarist, a good songwriter. Um, you know, and there've been, I'm sure there've been other ones that I'm just not thinking about. Of course, Marty Robbins years ago was a, 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 you know, country Western artist who had a ton of hit records and, um, also raced uh, back when it was a Grand National Series. He raced uh, that series and, and actually was a pretty good racer, too. So uh, not unheard of to do the racing and the music thing, but that's uh, that's good stuff. And it's it's interesting, always interesting to get to know a little bit about the drivers in addition to just talking about the racing. So um, we've got a minute or so left here. So uh, uh, talk about who helps you make all this racing stuff happen. I know you got to have some sponsors and folks to thank. Yeah, so uh, the first person I always think is my grandfather. Uh, he's been coming to the racetrack with me for, man, I guess it's almost 10 years now. He hasn't missed a race, so huge thanks to him. He's my number one supporter. Uh, love him the most. So uh, then i got to thank my team, uh, Miller Performance Motorsports, so the legend car. Uh, Zach Miller is the guy who runs that. He's the man in legend cars. Uh, yep. If you ever need absolutely anything, go to him. Uh, huge thanks to Tommy Baldwin Racing for like I said earlier, making me feel comfortable, putting me in the car, uh, trusting me with it. And then huge thanks to uh, Starkey Hearing and Acute Hearing for always hooking me up. Uh, I was in kind of a tough spot without uh, without headphones going into my caraway race, and they helped us out and oh, wow. uh, took care of us. So huge thanks to them. The Sawalich family, yeah, know them. Uh, oh, yeah. Very nice. Um, well, it's been great to have you on, Caleb, and look forward to following your career. And uh, we'll probably, I'm sure you're going to win more than this race. So uh, we'll probably have you on again before uh, the season's out for sure. And uh, definitely look forward to keeping track of things. Good luck the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. That is Caleb Hetty, and man, did we cover some ground tonight. This has been a great show, and I don't want to uh, escape this evening without uh, thanking the folks from Victory Custom Trailers because Chris Hedinger and uh, his staff do a phenomenal job, and they've been great supporters of ours. So we uh, really want to take some time to thank them. Of course, their website is VictoryCustomTrailers.com, and this is not about motorsports. If you need a, a trailer for any reason, whether you're hauling horses or uh, his daughter, Katie, who races, likes to talk about cows. She loves designing cow trailers. Um, and you can do that yourself, by the way, because that's why the customs in the name. You can go straight to their website, VictoryCustomTrailers.com. And there's a big red button at the top that says design a trailer. And you just click the button and it'll walk you through designing a custom trailer for them to build specifically for your purpose. They've got over 200 new and used trailers of all types in stock, and uh, they will be more than happy to talk with you about your specific needs so you're not buying some sort of off-the-rack sort of situation. Get what exactly what you need to suit your purpose. They will get it to you anywhere in the continental U.S. And don't tell them I said it, but uh, they even shipped one to Russia. So even if you're listening to us from outside the country, go to the website if you need a trailer. And uh, their phone number is right on the site. Just look them up and call them and tell them what you're looking for. So thanks to the folks at Victory Custom Trailers and also to our friends at mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. If you're looking for a new career, IT might be for you. It is not rocket science. You don't need to be a computer whiz or a math and science whiz. 
It's uh, it's one to two days a week of training online and uh, for about four to six months, and you could be ready to start a brand new career and a better life financially. It is available, and they'll help you with uh, over hundreds of employers uh, when it comes time to enter the workforce. So um, thanks to the folks from mycomputercareer.edu as well. This has been a fun show. Again, I want to thank the folks from WSIC for hosting it and uh, being such uh, excited partners of ours here with all of our shows. Until next week, when we air the next Lead Lap show presented by Victory Custom Trailers, I'm Tom Baker. So long. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by Victory Custom Trailers, the leaders in custom trailer sales and service. Design your own custom trailer at VictoryCustomTrailers.com. Lead Lap Radio is a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.